This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One game, an NBA Finals seventh game. One game, the difference between basketball immortality and crushing disappointment. One game, a chance to become a legend, a hero, a champion. What motivates me now more than ever is winning another championship. It's going to take heart. It's going to take an uncanny amount of energy and strength. To win a championship was one of the most emotional times of my life because that's what I play for. One game, a chance for a legacy to grow. One final game, a season-long journey draws to a close. Top of the world! Top of the world! Hello and welcome back to the Over and Back Classic NBA podcast at harvardproxism.com. I am Jason Mann, and with me as always is Rich Krejci. Rich, glad to be with you. Absolutely. We uh, we finally, the end of our journey of, of, you know, breaking down these Game 7s, and we've come, like the NBA season, to the final point, the NBA Finals. And this is uh, going to be a monster kind of series of shows we're going to do here. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it, though. A lot of, a lot of research, a lot of work put in, and, and it's just good information, too. I mean, what's better than an NBA Finals Game 7? Like, come on. Yeah, so, so we're going to do uh, something a little different. We're going to do some um, bite-sized um, looks at uh, the uh, Game 7s of the NBA Finals, all 18 of them. We're going to do a eight-part series, uh, breaking down two or three each show. So, um yeah, we think it'll be interesting. It'll be kind of uh, it'll be neat to look at. Uh, there's obviously a wide variety of uh, of games, although many of them involve the Lakers and the Celtics. So we're talking about unfortunately, lost, but, but that's okay. But that's gonna happen. It's gonna be history. Gonna so it's like if we did a baseball, but we talk about the Yankees probably like seventy percent of the time. It's just you can't. There's nothing you can do, nothing right? You can do no. So uh, you blame the Hawks for trading Bill Russell, I guess. So right, yeah, it's all their fault, really. Yeah. It's really the St. Louis Hawks' fault. It really is exactly. So. Uh, yeah, so um, so we'll be getting into that soon. But of course, you can uh, check us out on uh, Facebook at uh, Ober and Back NBA on Twitter at Ober and Back NBA as well. Um, you can uh, find uh, the Hardwood Paroxysm I- iTunes feed. Um, 
with all the uh, with us and all the other great uh, Podium Game podcasts that are on there. It would be great if you could uh, leave a rating and review uh, on iTunes. It helps yes. people find that, the, uh, the exactly. shows. Yeah, and yeah, uh, more people listening, more people interacting on Twitter, more fun, more you know topic requests and stuff. It's perfect. Yeah, just do it. So we would, come on. Uh, any uh, <laughs> right? Any feedback that we can get uh, on uh, what we're doing, uh, positive or negative, we uh, we definitely appreciate it. So uh, that's what makes the show better. Yeah, and if you have any topic ideas, I mean, and I mentioned that sort of haphazardly, but it, it's true. I mean, there's been numerous shows where someone said, hey, it'd be pretty cool if you guys talked about blah, blah, blah. And then we, like, do a little cursory research, and we're like, yeah, that would be a great show if we talked about blah, 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 or whatever. So let us, you know, what's your blah, blah, blah? Yeah. <laughs> Send it. We'd like to know. Send us your blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on to the show. All right. And now we are at... Our number six pick for uh, NBA Finals games is the Syracuse Nationals against the Fort Wayne Pistons in 1955. Uh, 55 was the, uh, the Nationals won 92-91. Uh, this is the uh, first season with the uh, shot clock. And in fact, it was invented by the Nationals owner, uh, Danny Biazzoni, I guess. I don't know exactly. I think it's Biazzoni, but yeah. He's yeah, Italian, yeah. so I'm going to go ahead and guess that there's the E at the end there. But um, this is the final time the finals were played in a 2-3-2 two, two fo- format until 84 when it was brought back and then it was dropped again in, in 2014, I believe. Um, yep. Fort Ga- Wayne's games were played in Indianapolis <laughs> because of a bowling tournament. Um, <laughs> I love how that, I mean, just the, just those two. OK, yes. of, of the scenario where Fort Wayne had something like Fort Wayne, Indiana had a bowling tournament. And they said, you know, you can go to Indianapolis and play yes. like. Like that's unfathomable. Like think about that. Yeah. Like where you like that'd be like some suburb of Cleveland being like, you know, I I don't know what's the suburb of Cleveland. I I, like, I well Richland, which is I guess where the uh, where the the Richland Coliseum. Yeah. So them saying, hey, go to downtown yeah. Cleveland. Well, There's probably a like, stadium Fort there. Fort Wayne's like two hours yeah. from Indianapolis too. Yeah, it's not even rem- it's not even that close. Right. Yeah, it's like or not even, like an hour and a half like, maybe. But it's not it's not like it's it's not like it's a suburb. I mean, you know, they're different places, but. Yeah, um, but it's it's just funny the bull. Yeah, they're like, you know what? You can go to Indiana. Yeah. like if you. But and Fort Wayne is a big Fort Wayne is a big deal, I guess. At that point, it was still pretty big. I mean, it city. was a, yeah. I mean, this was a, it had a goddamn NBA team, so. right? Well, this was you know we're nearing the point in which all the smaller markets are going to be moving to big cities pretty soon. I mean, Fort Wayne's going to be uh, in the business is going to be in Fort Wayne for another three years or so. Syracuse is going to move in the early '60s. You know. Um, uh, Rochester's moving to Cincinnati fairly soon. You know, we're, we're next five years, pretty much all these small t- small markets are going to be moving to bigger markets. So it's just kind of yeah, the way right, right. the way the game grew. Um, the uh, Syracuse has uh, Dolph Shays, of course, as its key player. They added. You know, they also had Earl Lloyd, George King, and Paul Seymour, who were key players from before. But they added uh, Red Kerr as their center, and was kind of the key player to kind of get them over the hump um they had lost the finals in 50 and 54 but of course won this year fort wayne was led by big man larry faust who um had you know was i think kind of the second top big man to mike in for most of the you know the early 50s but it was kind of older and slower at this point you know the the faster speedier big men were kind of coming in vogue obviously russell being the personification of that yeah um, also had George Yardley, Mel Hunchins, uh, Frankie Bryan and Andy Phillip. Um, and they were coached by Charles Ekman, who was a former referee. 
Um, I wish it's, that's, can you imagine like Dick Pavetta? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. like there's so Dick many Pavetta good scenarios. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, right, right. Like, like, I want like the crustiest old, like, <laughs> I, I want like Joey Crawford, like coaching the freaking like uh, Pelicans or something. Like, like, just like so good if that happened. But I guess Scott Skiles is going to coach the Magic. So oh, there you go. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. Sure. As a crusty that's, old man that's, screaming that's the idea. young guys. Um, so the Nationals had seven players in double figure. Shea's leading the way with 13 and 12. Uh, for the Pistons, uh, Faust had 24 and uh, seven. And the uh, Pistons had a big lead in this game. They were up to 17 points in the second period. But Fort Wayne closed to, um, or, or uh, Syracuse, I'm sorry, closed 53-47 by halftime. Pulled almost even down the stretch. Um, and, you know, which is the funny thing because this, without the shot clock, that probably wouldn't have happened. Like the, they would have sat on the big lead and it, you know, it wouldn't have got, it wouldn't have been like a thrilling game and Syracuse wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have won the game because of it. So the, um, so, um, Biazzoni's shot clock convention actually. Yeah. Been, it worked out team. swimmingly. Well, yeah. He, he knew what a, what a, what a profit he was, but, uh, yeah, that's, it, it's, it, it is. I mean, it's, <laughs> you kind of laugh, but it's, it's really like, I hope at the end he was like, ah, that was a great idea, huh? Yeah, like, exactly. Like he told his team, like, yeah, eh, eh? <laughs> like, what do you say? Yeah, like, and even he had a quote later where it said, like, if it wasn't for a shot clock, it would have been the dullest game in history. So, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. And he's absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know about dullest game in history. But it we did have, been, yeah, you know, it the, the 2010 NBA Finals and the, and the you know, numerous other ones in 2005. But, yeah, no, there, there's, it, it's, it, he's, it's absolutely right. I mean, hey. Thank God, thank God for that invention. But uh, it would have come at some yeah, point. But yeah, yeah, that's so. It's still great. I mean, games like this are, are why the shot clock is great and why I, I, I. It still amazes me when I go to high school games or whatever, and there's no shot clock. And it's just I, I don't know if it's like that in Ohio, but or you know anywhere else you've lived, but still in Illinois they don't have a shot. It's just so bad oh, to watch games yeah, no. without yeah. it. It's like come on, like if, if, if there's a lead within like eight minutes of the game, it's like ugh, it's kind of over, isn't it? Like yeah. it, it kind of sucks, but. Um, not in the NBA. No, so we're not good. in the NBA. Yeah, thank thank goodness. Um, so uh, it was a, a tie game. Uh, George King goes to the line. He uh, hits one shot, so gives Syracuse a one point lead. Then the bow, the balls um, inbounded to Handy Andy Phillip, who <laughs> attempted to go left on Seymour, but Seymour nudged him just enough to, and King got a steal. Uh, there was no call, and the Nats had their first championship. And later, Seymour admitted, I bumped the hell out of Andy. For years after that, whenever he'd see me, he'd tell me, you got away with big foul. I bumped him a little. King was there, and that was it. Um, and then... Did you ever have Handy Andy's by you? Uh, no, no. Well, The hardware store? Oh, you never had those. Oh. Oh, no, I don't I don't think so. I don't think we had oh, Handy were they, were they regional? We had a, we had a, a line of, of hardware stores as I was growing there up, and they were called Handy Andy. And, yeah, well, I, I got the Handy Andy from a from a, a, a story uh, like Syracuse.com had an old version of the, the a post-standard story from, you know, the, the game story from the game after it happened. And, and I'm going to read part of it in my old-timey um, uh, announcer's voice. <clears throat> King pulled off the greatest steal since the Brinks robbery as far as Syracuse fans were concerned, with only four seconds left to go where the Pistons had the opportunity of winning the Pro Cage Jumps World Series. <laughs> the pro cage dumps. I like that. <laughs> I love the old. I, I hope that they say the same thing about, yes. about yeah about Steph Curry won the old yeah. cage. Well, yes, <laughs> yeah. And handsome That's George King like was basketball. the hero yeah. of heroes as Al Servi's gritty guys overcame an ominous seventeen point deficit to beat the Great Fork Fort Wayne <laughs> Club by a hair's breadth margin. So all that good stuff. <laughs> yes. Like, 
So that's good. Uh, you should have had handy Andy's. Uh They were a uh, they operated in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Missouri, Ohio, Tennessee, and Wisconsin. Uh, in 1987, they acquired the Forest City Lumber Chain stores in Ohio. Hmm, I you know anything yeah, about Forest City uh, Lumber? You weren't buying lumber in your early yeah in your youth. Okay, I, well no, I, I don't remember Handy Andy's, so maybe not. Well, Handy Andy's closed in June of 1996. Maybe not in my part of Ohio, but no, yeah, they were, I, I don't know what was remarkable about them whatsoever. Yeah. I just remember they, they had a, they had a good name. That's all. They did a good logo too. It's uh, it's just it's Andy, and he's, he's he appears to be very he's handy, very handy. So. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, so. Um, it works. So um, so in um Charlie Rosen's book about uh Jack Molinas, I think it's called Wizard of Odds. There are allegations thrown out that George Yardley um thought that Andy Phillip may have thrown the game, and he his quote was, "There are always unwholesome implications about that ball game." Now, I in Tall Tales, which is the Terry Pluto um. Uh, oral history of the 50s and 60s NBA, it does yeah. mention like gambling issues with the Pistons because Jack Molinas had actually played there briefly before there were gambling allegations. And I, I, I don't think he was like the allegations that he he fixed NBA games. I think were actually thrown out, but he later was had more gambling allegations in the 60s that he, I think he might have been convicted on. But anyway, um. There was no mention of it specifically in, in this series. So, you know, I, who knows? But that is yeah, something that's thrown out there. So, yeah. And it's weird. I mean, especially when it's this tight and you, you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 hard to really believe, you know, something like I, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I always and, and there were a number of things that happened down the stretch that they, they, even Yardley had like a turnover with like 18 seconds left. So it's like, sure. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's it, it, it's you could make the rationale. I mean, especially in this area, it, it's because we kind of. You know, yeah. me, I always assume that a lot of this stuff happens, you know, like before the game, if it were to happen or whatever. But honestly, in the 50s NBA, there's not, you know, something that like, you know, he was running down the court or something and someone yelled. You know what I mean? Like, they, like, and you get that a lot with baseball, too, where like they would hear something from one of the guys in the crowd. And then it would be like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to throw this game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there, it's still a possibility that, that at some point he got pulled away by someone and said, hey, look at do it. But it, it's all it. it Sometimes it's a little bit too convenient as well. So yeah. I, I don't know. And, and, and basketball, college basketball is real, was reeling from, you know, gambling scandals of, you sure. know, during this time in the early 50s. The NBA was relatively unscathed. There was a there was a referee who also there were some issues there that, you know, where uh, he was fired basically for um, uh, uh, fixing games or, you know, fixing margins or whatever, you know, it, it happened it's similar to, I guess, the Donaghy allegations. But um, but other than that, there was not really much of a gambling problem, at least not proven in the NBA or not even, you know, any serious allegations. So right. um, it actually kind of helped the popularity of the pro game because they actually came out of that relatively unscathed. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, number five is the uh, maybe the most important series in the history of the NBA for a lot of reasons, the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers, <laughs> 1984, the Celtics winning 111 to 102 Celtics and Lakers again, although yeah, again. their first meeting in 15 years in 69. So. so, OK, I'll let him slide on. This. All right. Yeah. Um, Lakers had won titles in 80 and 82, but lost to Philadelphia in the 83 finals. The Celtics had won the 81 finals, but, but were actually been swept by the Bucks in the conference semifinals in 83, which is kind of, you know, probably their most embarrassing loss of the bird era. Um, the Lakers were coached by Pat Riley. Casey, the Celtics were in their first year with Casey Jones after mm -hmm. Bill Fitch had been fired. So, um, 
this was the first meeting between Bird and Magic in the finals. Everyone was waiting for it. And, and, you know, I would probably say that it was maybe even almost better for the NBA that didn't happen right away because it kind of gave everyone five years of speculation of like, you know, what if after the famous, you know, Bird Magic, you know, college basketball uh, NCAA final game in 79. Oh, yeah. And, 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 you know, you and I, we're wrestling fans. You don't immediately go to the big match right away. Like, you got to let it build a little bit and, sure. and, and get the anticipation five going. Build, and that, yeah. Absolutely. And and this was it. It was a, it was a hell of a build, and you know, five years. And, and I agree. If, if they had immediately that next year, and and what what was good is they all sort of had their own little success here and there. You know, Magic obviously, you know, very quickly. And but I think that was key. I think that was a very you know big aspect of it is that there was you know some success for him right away and for the Celtics. But that it, it sort of took a little bit for these two to finally make their clash. I I think that's that, that's important in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely, and um. Uh, there um um so yeah i mean i, I think just because we're a couple years away from you know really the nba still being in pretty big financial trouble um yeah. you know there's there was a study about maybe can maybe contracting like five teams i mean they, they were i mean there were serious issues with the league now things were better at this point and obviously would get better with you know with jordan and with just you know the a lot of things that i think most of the listeners probably know about um, leading to a you know huge rise in popularity in the game and the Celtics Lakers rivalry being a big part of feeling that growth of of course, of course. Um, and um, although yeah, obviously Bird was incredible in this game, twenty twelve and three, and just you know a lot of timely passes. But you, one guy who may have even been the star of the game was Cedric Maxwell, twenty four eight and eight, kind of a little bit of a forgotten guy on these um, Celtics teams. Cause this, this was really his last year where he really contributed for, you know, the, uh, the Celtics teams, you know, um, after that he was, he kind of got, was done. It was traded for um, Walton before 86 uh, Parrish at 14 and 16 uh, Dennis Johnson. Um, he had 20, this was actually his first year with the Celtics. He had come over from, from Phoenix and he had 22 points on five of 13 uh, shooting a little bit better than his over 14 performance in the uh, 78 finals uh, game seven. So, um, and uh, Celtics of course still had Kevin McHale, who was a sixth man, Joe Henderson and Danny Ainge on their bench. Uh, Kareem had 29, six and four magic um, 16, five and 15. Um, so not too bad. Uh, Coop, Michael Cooper had a really good game. 16 with six yeah. assists, had some key defensive plays to almost get the, uh, the Lakers back in it. Where are they at 21 and four? The, uh, Lakers had Rambis Byron, Kurt Rambis, Byron Scott, who was a rookie, Jamal Wilkes and Mitch Kupchak, the last two guys who were kind of at the end of the line of their careers. Kupchak had a lot of injuries and Wilkes was just, you know, was kind of aging at that point. So, um, yeah, I mean, this was this was big. I mean, um, you know, a, a real for the most part, a very competitive series went back and forth. The mm -hmm. uh, Lakers had actually won game six in Boston. Um, and uh, of course, we're trying to uh, win uh, game seven in Boston. Um, the um, the you know, this the atmosphere in Boston was like incredible. The Lakers need a police escort to get back from their hotel to the Boston Garden. Um and, you know, there was a lot of stories of like, you know, people calling the Lakers hotel room and getting them up late or, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. Just people playing fire right. alarms, like all that, you know, the the, the crazy stuff. Um, and um, so, yeah, the Lakers were down by 14, but trailed by three just with more than a minute left. Magic had the ball. Johnson knocked it loose, but Cooper recovered it. Um and Magic again went to work. He, he spied Worthy open 
under the basket before it can make the pass. Maxwell knocked the bell, the ball uh, away. The Celtics recover at the other end. Johnson drew a foul and made both shots and basically, you know, sealing the uh, game. The Lakers ended up, or the Celtics ended up winning 111, 102. So the, the margin of victory is a little bit higher, but the game was actually really, really close up. In- oh, absolutely. So, um, and yeah, I don't know anything else more to say about this one. Yeah, I mean, in particular, the series and in this game as well, you can kind of lump that in there too. Just an exciting series and absolutely, you know, we talk about one of the big reasons why the NBA is as popular as it is today and, and a lot of the stuff that, that happened and, and ushered in the Jordan era and all that sort of stuff. I mean, this game, you look at it especially. You look at these two teams, these two powerhouses, these two stars, and the games were super entertaining as well. They weren't, you know, drags. They weren't, you know, they were they were quick pace. They were, you know, yeah. a bunch of points being scored. And they were super close too. I mean, there, there were a few that were kind of blowouts, but, you know, game two was a three-point deficit. You know, game four was three points as well. You know, this one, you know, was closer than it appeared. And and just overall, I mean, both teams scoring 100 in every single one of the games. Like, there, there's there's just so much there and so much kind of interesting stuff of this series and and, and just how important it was for, for the game and how important it was for those guys and just just everything and it really set the stage for the entire decade in a lot of ways more so than than really any game and it was so it's it's it, like you said I don't think you understated it in the beginning when you said it it, it might be one of the most important series in NBA history yeah I, I mean it's just we can even do it Josh I mean we could do an entire series you know or an entire show about you know this entire series this entire year or something like that I mean but but this series in particular it, it, you know we can only talk about the game seven but there's just there's so much there it's just such a, a, a voluminous you know series and guys and and the people who are in there and the future coaches that are playing I mean it's just there's so much there yeah and of course you know the um uh the the Lakers would end up winning uh in eighty five beating the uh, Celtics. Uh, in another great series, uh, 86, the Celtics would beat the Rockets to upset uh, the Lakers in the uh, conference finals. And then 87, the uh, Lakers would beat the um, Celtics to have a 2-1, you know, head-to-head edge. And after that, the um, the Celtics were overtaken by the uh, Pistons and Bird's back injury started to you know, be, be yeah. an issue. And they never were really contenders again. And the Lakers would, you know, have another couple years and then... Um, and 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 then fade off as um you know Kareem retired and the other guys got older um yeah but yeah it's you know uh, uh another great series and you know we're pretty much into all yeah obviously when you it's seven game series you, you're likely going to have a pretty great series and we're you know getting we're into the final four of our choices for um for game seven so we're you know we're getting to some great stuff so um so yeah and we'll be back soon to uh talk more about some uh great game seven so come back with us this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.